Welcome back to the Innovate Ed podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Carly Parsons, and I'm back today at my kitchen table and joined virtually by my co-host, Sandy Miller. And today we are thrilled to be joined by Tina Wilton. And I'm actually going to let Sandy introduce Tina because um, they know each other outside of this podcast and uh, it's a pretty fun little story. So Sandy, if you want to take it away. Thanks, Carly. Yeah, we're really excited to be joined by Tina. Uh, she is currently the talent program manager at Communitech. But before that, I knew Tina as uh, one of my students. She was part of the leadership program at SGM uh, and was an amazing student. And it's uh, no surprise to me that she's doing such amazing things in our community. Um, and in our first podcast, I talked a lot about the Innovation Lab, uh, the program that uh, I helped set up at SGM. And when I was uh, putting that program together, one of the first uh, people that I reached out to was Tina to help me get started on the project. And she's been a huge uh, uh, support person, uh, wealth of uh, resources. She's connected me to a lot of other people in the, uh, in the community. So we're really excited to have her here today. So thanks, Tina, for joining us. Thanks, Sandy. Thanks, Carly. So as I mentioned, Tina is the talent program manager at Communitech. In this role, she's responsible for attracting student talent to the Waterloo region. Uh, she is uh, also works closely with member companies to run campus programs and events and uh, builds relationships with universities and colleges across Canada. Uh, so we're really excited to have her here. And I'm going to pass it over to Carly for our first question. Yeah, so it sounds like, Tina, you have... Uh... A pretty interesting and exciting job. So can you tell us about your role at Communitech and maybe some of your past experiences that um, help prepare you for your role? Yeah, definitely. So I've been working at Communitech for the past three and a half years now. Uh, and my role is mostly to attract student talent to Waterloo for co-op and new grad opportunities. So working directly with companies uh, and also with campuses for post-secondary institutions. Uh, and hosting different events for students to bring them together and to really see what their skill set looks like. Uh, so hosting coding competitions, uh, hosting our campus ambassador program where we have students representing Waterloo Region Tech all across Canada. Uh, and that's, that's kind of where my experience lies, but I also work on the future of work as well. So joining the work integrated learning uh, part of the coalition as well. That's really awesome. So at these competitions, like your, the coding competition, are you actively recruiting for Communitech? Like, are you looking um, at the students who are entering in hopes of bringing them on board to your teams? Yeah, so for these events, our main focus is on helping our partner companies to, to attract and, and hire talent. So we bring in different sponsor companies, uh, typically start up to scale up to large enterprise com companies as well. Uh, and they have the opportunity to interview and network with these students at these different types of events. Awesome, Tina, you mentioned uh, that you've been working a little bit with the uh, Future of Work and Learning Coalition. Can you just talk a little bit about your, um, your experience in that coalition and uh, what specifically uh, you've learned about what jobs might look like in the future? Yeah, so it's, it's really hard to say what jobs will look like in the future, especially for current students, just because the workforce is constantly changing. Um, so it, it really makes it hard for us to predict what that looks like, uh, especially since the, the current students won't be looking for jobs for another five to 10 years. Um, so this makes it really important for, for people to adapt to a continuous learning mindset where they're really open to learning new things and, and being adaptable to change. 
Um, careers are also not following the tra traditional path of going to school, getting a job and working until retirement. Um, so now we're, we're really seeing people coming in, doing freelance or contract work, workers are taking sabbaticals or time off, and retirees are even going back to, to work for a victory lap. So it's definitely different. And, and since we're, we're needing to prepare for a 100 year life because life expectancies have really increased, uh, it's important for, for people to just continuously be learning and continuing to grow in their career. And that's a huge shift, I, I would think, from, you know, the, the jobs and the work that our parents perhaps did where they worked at the same job for 25, 30 years. They got their pin when they retired and that was the only job they knew. Now people are, like you said, jumping jobs, moving uh, to different positions, and they're, they're, they're not afraid to do that which I think is really interesting. They're willing to take those risks and those leaps and leave that stability behind. So um, I think that, uh, that that's a really important point. Um, so when you're attracting talent, what skills are you looking for? So what we're finding is it's really important to look for human skills that can't be replaced by artificial intelligence or automation. And we call these the four C's. So the first one is creativity. So coming up with innovative ideas, and solutions. Uh, another one is critical thinking, so being able to analyze and solve complex problems. And then there's collaboration, so being able to work well with others, demonstrating emotional intelligence. And then the last one is communication. So uh, having those interpersonal, verbal, and written communication skills is, is really important because uh, these skills can't, can't be replaced by robots. Uh, and, and a really good example of this, so technology, it's allowing us to focus more on these human interactions Simon Chan, who works at Communitech, he gave me uh, an interesting way to look at it. Um, so when spreadsheets were introduced to the world, instead of humans having to do the calculations, now we're able to spend more time looking at the data and actually making sense of it. That's so great, Tina. Like, that's exactly what we think is missing in education is that focus on, I, I really loved what you said about that uh, continuous learning mindset. You know, we talk a lot about education, in education about like, Growth. having that growth mindset, growth always mindset. being willing to learn. But I love that framing it as like continuous learning. And I think that is important for our kids as they are going to be entering into this future that's rapidly changing, that they're going to have to be able to be like changing jobs or even, you know, within a company, they might be working on some or one project for a couple months and then have to shift their role or shift what they're doing like in the next six months. And I know that you've experienced that personally. Um, you know, just in the last little bit at Communitech. Um, the other thing that uh, st stood out to me is you said that you're looking for those four C's in students that are coming, uh, like uh, when you're attracting talent. Are post-secondary ed education um, institutions thinking about this? Are you having conversations with people in, in that um, space about how to better develop those four C's in, in, at, at the post-secondary level? Yeah, there's lots of institutions that are focusing on those four C's. A really good example is the University of Waterloo. Uh, for their engineering program, they have their capstone projects where they need to apply what they learn in their courses or in their co-op terms, uh, and they need to work on a project that ties back into the engineering field that they're looking to go into. So it's just those experiential learning opportunities that are really developing the, uh, the, those skill sets for those students. 
That's, that's awesome to hear. I think that's one of the things that we really tried to do with the Innovation Lab at SGM was to have some sort of capstone project at the end of their, you know, high school career where they're really forced to use those, we call them six C's in, in sort of our, our world, um, where they're working on sort of a big project that's interdisciplinary, but relates back to some of their passions and their interests. And, uh, you know, we, when we talk about innovate, innovating in education, Carly and I, what we often come back to is, is something like that, you know, a project-based learning or these big sort of um, culminating tasks that uh, are hitting all these essential learnings and courses, but also uh, encouraging students to have to use, you know, the four C's to, to get the job done. So that's really kind of neat to see that we're, you know, both doing similar things. Uh, you mentioned that um, you've been working with this Future of Work and Learning Coalition. I was lucky enough to attend some of the breakfast series. And I think one of the things that stood out for me was there are a lot of companies and organizations in Kitchener-Waterloo that are really um, digging in and thinking about how are they going to support their employees as they're kind of developing this continuous learning mindset and, and these four C's. And I think maybe could you talk a little about how uh, the Communitech Academy is doing that, um, sort of helping employees, current employees develop this mindset uh, so that they can be successful in, in the workplace. Yeah, so the, the Community Tech Academy, our mission is really to help develop talent to meet the needs of these tech-driven organizations. Uh, if you visit our website, you can read a research paper that we've done in partnership with the Brookfield Institute. Um, so this paper, it highlights the most in-demand areas for talent within Ontario tech companies. And uh, we've, we've modeled our programming around, um, around this to really target those areas that companies are looking for. Um, so we've, we've separated them into three uh, specialized learning streams. The first one is Advance Your Craft. So that covers topics in communications, data science, digital marketing, uh, product management, and sales. Um, so more of those hands-on skills. And then we also have the Future of Work. Uh, so that covers topics in design thinking and experience. And then Leaders of Tomorrow, which really focuses on equipping leaders with the skills and mindsets to lead teams and organizations. And is that like a micro-credentialing format, Tina, or, or like how are employees accessing that, that training? Yeah, so employees can send, or companies can send their employees to take these different courses. Uh, and, and we have instructors who are coming in and who have expertise in these areas who are helping them to really develop those skills and that expertise. I think it's amazing to hear that, you know, they've got these students, uh, our students are going through you know, secondary school, they're going through post-secondary and then they're coming to you ready for the world of work and that there is still that need to teach these skills, right? They are not inherent. And I, I think that that is a really big part of the conversations that Sandy and I have been having is that these are skills that need to be taught and reinforced early on for students so that by the time they get to you, these aren't new or novel concepts. That's that, you know, your new employees have never heard of before. And so I think that it really connects nicely to our mission and, and this idea that we've had that this is really, this really needs to be starting at a grassroots level in secondary school and high school 
so that as it carries through, these skills are being built upon so that they're better prepared when they get to you. So it makes me happy to hear <laughs> that, you know, this is going on at that level, but it also highlights that need for me. Yeah. And it just reinforces the continuous learning. We, we always have to learn. We're always going to need these new skills and, and to continue to grow and adapt in our careers. Well, and I love that communication is one of your C's because as a former English teacher, I can't tell you the number of times that students rolled their eyes and said, when are we ever going to use anything that you're teaching us in this classroom in, in life? And, and, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to explain to my students and to, tr to try and, you know, um, get them to buy in on this idea that communication is so vital and that if you can distill down what Shakespeare really means in a one-line thesis, that's going to serve you well in 10 years when your boss asks you, you know, to summarize something, to send out in a quick email. And so there's that knowing doing gap with the students. And so I, I love that, that that's still a focus, you know, six, seven, eight years down the road for these students. So Tina, you, you know, haven't been haven't graduated high school too long ago so um you know i think you're pretty successful in all of these skills like i watch you i've watched you sort of grow in your career and i think you, you excel in all of those four c's so just thinking back on your own experience at a secondary level how do you think you started to develop those skills in your own educational experience yeah, I would say that I definitely learned a lot of these skills through more hands-on learning. I studied arts and business speech communication at the University of Waterloo, where most of my classes were project-based. Uh, I also was in the co-op program, so I had different co-ops throughout my um, throughout my university degree where I got to go and actually apply what I was learning. And that's definitely where I, I was able to take what I was learning in the classroom and really apply it and, and see how it would be beneficial for my future career. And then extracurriculars as well. I was part of a few different uh, hackathons where I got to do logistics for the, the hackathon, selling sponsorship, and again, applying the communication skills that I was learning in the classroom. I also found lots of value in essay writing. I know I don't always like Thank writing. Thank you, essays. Tina. Thank you for saying uh, that. I, I never really, I, I, I didn't love writing them all the time, but it definitely, um, it, it, it makes you think really critically and makes you kind of put your arguments together, which helps you to come up with even solutions to different problems. Um, and then teamwork in class projects or and uh, in, in different roles uh, and also doing different presentations as well. So continually developing again those communication skills and those problem solving skills. You're speaking Sandy's language here, I think. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting the essay writing, but um, I think I, I think I might have made you guys write essays in, in leadership class. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, but, I, didn't, I didn't see the benefit while I was actually having to do it. But looking back, I can see how those essays really helped me to become more of a critical thinker. But I think what you, you talked about there just really um, hits home for me that, you know, you mentioned big project based learning, like co-op or hands-on learning opportunities where you get a chance to go out and like apply what you're learning in the classroom in a real real life setting. Um, working in teams, being forced to present and, and formulate your ideas and then present it to an audience, I think is super important and, and having varied me various methods to do that, whether that's through an essay or a presentation or, you know, a podcast like this. Uh, that's really when Carly and I talk a lot about the future of education. 
I think those things, which are tried and tested teaching methods that we really have been using for a long time in education are the things that really need to uh, continue. And I think we need to build on them though. You know, I think we can do a better job of, of providing co-op and hands-on learning opportunities for kids at, at a secondary school level. I think we can do a better job of creating true um, student-directed interdisciplinary project-based learning. Um, so it's kind of neat to hear that you feel that those are where you develop those skills because I think that's what Carly and I think are important uh, as we prepare kids for the future. Would you have any advice uh, for us or in general, how do you think secondary education could improve to better develop these skills based on your experience working with post-secondary students, but also in your current role at Communitech, like what you're trying to develop in the current employees? Yeah, so I definitely just say more experiential learning opportunities and more opportunities for students to really apply the knowledge and connect with their learning to the real world. Uh, also, maybe less emphasis on things that could be memorized or Googled, um, realizing that researching information isn't really as important as thinking uh, critically and really analyzing uh, that information. Uh, I also think it's really important to keep projects as open-ended as possible uh, to really encourage that creative and out-of-the-box thinking. Awesome. I agree with everything. I really like that spreadsheet example. Like, that's a great way to frame it. Like, we there's so much information out there kids have so much information at, at you know they have access to it at, at too much information basically what we need to be teaching them is how to analyze it how to look at it critically how to determine what is like true and what is what isn't um so i think that's uh, it's really one great of, to hear one of my favorite um analogies that i've ever heard at, at a keynote that i was at uh the the keynote said that our students really feel that they are digital natives, right? In, in, the, in this world that they're operating in where everything is Googleable and at their fingertips, but really what they are is texting tourists. And that really resonated with me because I thought, yeah, they, you know, it's all there and they think they know, but they don't really know. And we need to give them those skills to, to be true digital natives. And uh, I, I, I think that that's what you've so articulately you know, express tonight talking to us and, and it's exactly our mission statement and everything, you know, that we hope to do mo moving forward with Innovate Ed and some of the things that we're putting together. So, so it's, it's nice to hear that validated that we're kind of on the right track and that you're seeing this happening, you know, in your world, um, you know, because you are where we hope all students can get to, you know, you're doing the jobs that we hope that our students will, will have the capacity to do. I think just to, for, for me, it, I think it's great that there's a community or a, a, a group of people that are committed to sort of developing these skills all throughout a person's like lifetime. You know, like we as secondary educators have a job to do. We need to start building the foundation and giving them opportunities to develop those skills. But it's great to hear that post-secondary institutions are, are also focused on that. And also that the workplaces of, you know, the present workplaces are thinking about it so that kids can continue, you know, our students, if we do a good job of building the foundation, that's going to help them succeed, but they're going to have to continue to have that learning mindset and be willing to develop their skills as they, you know, progress through their career. So I think that's hopeful for, for, 
for the future. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to say a big thank you to Tina for taking time um, out of your evening to chat with us. We so appreciate, Tina, your time and your expertise and your thoughtfulness in answering these questions for us. Um, I know that Sandy would like to take all the credit for your amazing <laughs> career path, but I'm not, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I do take all the credit. <laughs> Clarify. But we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us tonight. You've been just so lovely and so insightful and intelligent and articulate. We just couldn't have asked for anything better tonight, I don't think. Thank you Tina, so <laughs> Tina, did you ever think like in 2011, 2012, when I was teaching you that like one day you'd be doing it, we'd be doing a podcast together on you know I, the future of education. I thought I'd never <laughs> see you again. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're you're stuck with me. I'm roping you into all kinds yeah. of crazy initiatives. <laughs> well, I really appreciate your support, Tina. You're amazing, and uh, continue to do the great things you're doing for our uh, for our region. Thank you so much. And thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us on our episode of the Innovate Ed podcast and make sure that you tune in next time for more exciting conversation around the future of learning. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>